Father, we just are so blessed to be called your children, to know you as our Lord and Savior. And that makes Christmas so special for us, uh, the fact that you would empty yourself of your glory and come to this earth as a little babe in Bethlehem to, to grow up and die for our sins, Lord. It's just uh, beyond uh, our imaginations to, to, to understand all that that means. We, we're, but we, Lord, this, this time of year, uh, Lord, the most important thing to us is to remember the fact that you did come, that you, you, you did come to save us and to give us new life, to give us hope, to give us peace. Lord, I just ask today as we look at this little text, Lord, that, that we, we just get a little bit more insight as to what a great gift we received when you gave us your only begotten son. Lord, we can only see that, Lord, by your spirit. And so I ask today that, that you bless us all uh, with your presence. And Lord, help us to bless you with our attentiveness and, and our praise uh, and our gratitude for all you've done for us. We just thank you for Christmas. We thank you for Christ. It's in his precious name that I pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to the Gospel of Luke, and we'll be picking up in chapter number 8. Uh, I'm sorry, chapter number 2, verse number 8. When I was a young boy, most churches uh, practiced the tradition of Christmas caroling. And they would send out a group of people from some segment of their church and they would canvass the neighborhood and they would sing Christmas carols. And I remember when I was living in Detroit, it was the youth group that went out and, and uh, believe it or not, I was a youth at one point in my life. And uh, it was the youth group that went out Christmas caroling and so... Uh, I remember one particular Christmas, they sent us out Christmas caroling, and, and it was snowing, and it was one of those, it wasn't a blizzard, it just was one of those beautiful snow events where, where uh, the snow was coming down at about two inches per hour, and, and it was just an absolutely gorgeous scene. You could see the snow covering the ground, and all of the we were in this really nice neighborhood, and all the neighbors had put up their Christmas lights. And I mean, it was just absolutely the perfect Christmas scene. And we went to the doors of the various neighbors, and we would knock on the door. And as soon as they would open the door, we would begin to sing our Christmas carols. And, and uh, inevitably, they would go and gather up all of their family members, and they would listen to, our, uh, listen to us sing those Christmas carols. And and we had a lot of fun doing that, and I think we, we uh, blessed those people too, and they were, they were certainly surprised and blessed by the songs that we sang. Well, even though you don't hear much about Christmas caroling, it's a tradition that goes way back, way back uh, into time. In fact, you can go all the way back to that first Christmas and that was the first time when we actually heard or actually uh, saw or heard uh, this caroling uh, event. And, and uh, you go all the way back to, to uh, uh, the time when Jesus was born and uh, we see the angels caroling. And 
And uh, so go with me to chapter number two, and let's look in uh, verse number eight, and uh, we will hear what the angels had to sing. And so pick up with me in verse number eight of chapter number two. It says, now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them. Now, that wasn't just a youth group that came to sing to them. That was a group of of angels, and uh, what an event and how surprised they had to be. And so they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings. I'm not coming to tell you anything bad. I bring you good tidings, good tidings of great joy, which will be to all the people. For, is there, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. That Christ the Lord is that babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, now here they were, they see the angels, uh, the angels speak to them, they tell them about the coming of the Christ, and then suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts, a multitude of angels. So they're not hearing just a group, a church group singing, they're they're hearing a multitude of angels singing, praising God, and I would say, that's a bad translation there. Praising God and singing. And listen to what they sing. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Now, that's the shortest Christmas carol ever sung. Yet it's the most powerful Christmas carol ever sung. Because it was written in heaven. It was sung by a multitude of angels, to shepherds in the fields one starry night. And listen to those words again. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward man. Now look at that first line there. What what, what do you think God meant in that song that he gave those shepherds that night, that they sang to those shepherds that night? Glory to God in the highest. Who who were they giving glory to? When they were giving glory to God in the highest, who were they giving glory to? Well, a lot of people would say they were giving glory to the Father in heaven for sending his Son, but I don't think so. They were giving glory to the Son. They were giving glory to God, who was that little babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. And all of us know that that babe in that manger is none other than God. But why would they say those words or, or, or sing that phrase in the highest? I mean, why would he be, here's this baby wrapped in swaddling clothes in a manger and they're singing to him and they're singing to him as God in the highest or God, God in the highest. What did, what did they mean by that? Well, let me suggest to you three reasons. From the standpoint of those of us who live on, the, or on this earth, that babe in the manger, number one, was God in his highest position. That baby, number two, that babe in the manger was God in his highest form. And number three, that babe in the manger 
is none other than God in his highest purpose. So let me explain that to you. First of all, God in his highest position. Think about it. I mean, just a few miles away in Jerusalem, there was one who sat on the throne of Judea. His name was Herod, and he would consider himself the king over all of Palestine. If you were to cross the ocean and you were to go to Rome, you would go to the, to the capital of Rome, and there you would find another king, and his name was Caesar. And he considered himself the king over all the world. But ne- guess what? Neither of those guys were really the king. I mean, the true king was none other than who? None other than Jesus Christ, the only rightful king of this earth. And where was Jesus Christ at this point? He was a little babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, God Almighty himself. And then the second thing, or the, the second reason they sang God in his highest is because this is God in his highest form. I mean, I'm not talking so much about God as a baby, but I'm talking about God as a, in a body. God in his highest form is God in a body. And from our standpoint, because God relates to all of his creation through a body. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, uh, Paul says, For in Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I mean, Jesus is the Father, he's the Son, and the Holy Spirit all dwelling in a body. And the, that little babe in the in the in the manger was none other than God in a body. And that's why the Bible speaks of us being created in the image of God. We're not created as spirits. We're created as spirits in a body. And that is our highest form. And we're created in the image of God. And that is his highest form from our standpoint because that's how he relates to his creation. And then... The third reason that the angels sang God in his highest, because this is God in his highest purpose. Listen to what the Lord says about his coming over in the book of Hebrews. Flip with me to the book of Hebrews for a minute. Hold your place there in Luke. And flip over to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter number 10. And I want to pick up in verse number 5. And you get a Christmas story right there in the middle of Hebrews. Look at verse number 5. Therefore he came into the world. Who came into the world? Jesus Christ came into the world as a little baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. When he came, As he left heaven and he came to this earth, this is what Jesus said. And and listen to what he says. He says, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. Now look at the pronouns there. They're both in caps. The you is in caps and the me is in caps. So who is the son speaking to? He's speaking to the father. So this is God speaking to God. 
He says, sacrificing off, offering you, do not, you, you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. That's the body that we see lying in this manger in Luke chapter 2. In burnt offerings and sacrifices, going on to verse number 6, for sin you have no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come. I have come to fulfill my main purpose. This is God's highest purpose. This is God in his highest. I have come to fill my purpose in the volume of the book, in the volume of this Bible, it is written of me. Do you realize that this whole book is written about Jesus Christ, that little babe in Bethlehem, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger? He says, in the volume of the book, it is written about me. And what is written about me? To do your will, O God. And in verse number 8, it's, he goes on to say, previously saying, sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings, burnt offerings and offerings for sin you did not desire nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, behold, I have come to you to do your will, O God. He take, and, and here's his will. This is his highest purpose. This is why the angels saying, glory to God in his highest because this is his will to take away, that he takes away the first covenant, the old covenant of law, the law that we could not keep, that he may establish the second covenant, the covenant of grace through his blood. By that will we have been sanctified, we've been made holy, we've been made absolutely perfect so that we can enter pre the presence of God, so that we can go to heaven with God, so that we can come back to God on this earth. By that will we have been sanctified, made holy through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. You see why the angels sang glory to God in his highest because that, from our standpoint, that is God's highest purpose. His highest purpose was to come to this earth to die for us so that we could be made holy as he is holy. So that we, in our bodies, could live with him in his body forever and ever and ever. You know, my favorite Christmas card of all time is the one... Uh, I, you might have seen it before. On the cover, it has a footprint of a little baby. Uh, you just see this footprint of a baby, and down at the bottom it reads, Unto us a child is born. And then you open up the card, and there's a handprint of a man inside the card, and in the middle of that handprint is a red circle. And below that it reads, Unto us a child, a son is given. That is God's highest purpose in coming to this earth, to die for us. That little babe in that manger came to die for us. And that's why at this point the angels sing glory to God in the highest. But there's another part of this. Listen to, listen to the last part of this, this little Christmas carol. And on earth, peace, goodwill towards man. Get that? Peace. Peace. Oh, look around this world. It's a real hard thing today to look around this world and all the things that are going on. Maybe to look around within your own family, 
to look around at your own situation and say, peace, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. I mean, it almost seems impossible. I read a story years ago about a wealthy American couple who uh, were so feared the idea that the world might have a nuclear war that they decided to search the earth to find the safest place on earth to live in case there was a nuclear war or any kind of major war break up, broke, broke out. So after years of study and traveling to these various places, they finally found the place that, that they felt would be a safe haven for them for the rest of their lives. And so that Christmas in 1981, they sent a Christmas card to their pastor from their new home in the Falkland Islands. And some of you aren't old enough to, to remember the Falkland Islands. But in 1982, in April of that year, a war broke out between Great Britain and Argentina and thousands of people died. And so their little safe haven turned into a terrible war zone. Listen, there's no place on earth where you can find peace except in Jesus Christ. You can only find peace in Jesus Christ. In John chapter 14, Jesus said, My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, because the world can't give you any peace. The peace that Jesus Christ gives us, he gives us through his blood by his spirit. And that peace is the peace with God and the peace of God. I don't have time to go into all of that today, what that means. But if you know Christ, you know that you have peace with God. You know that you're no longer in enmity with God. You should be experiencing the peace of God in your life. And all of that because of Jesus Christ coming to this earth. And that's why the angel is saying, God in his, glory to God in his highest and on earth peace. And, and, and goodwill towards man. The greatest goodwill that God could possibly show to mankind or give to mankind is the gift of his only begotten son, to the, the lamb of God who came to take away the sin of this world. I mean, another song you can sing when you look at that baby in the manger is, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is goodwill towards man. That is where we have peace or how we have peace, the peace of God and peace with God. But that peace hasn't been fully consummated yet, has it? That's why we're studying the book of Revelation because Jesus came the first time as the lamb to take away the sin of this world and to give peace to his people. That doesn't bring peace on this whole earth, but peace on this whole earth is coming and it's coming very soon because that little lamb of God is coming back as the line of Judah and he's going to rule this earth with a rod, and he's going to rule this earth in truth and righteousness. You know what? That night when those angels were singing to those shepherds, they were in eternity, and they knew 
what was going to happen in the future. They knew one day that that little baby in Bethlehem was going to grow up. That little baby in that manger was going to grow up. And he was going to die on the cross for the sins of this world. And he was going to die for those who would receive him into their hearts and believe on him. He was going to die for their sins. And then that little lamb was going to grow up and one day he was going to return and they could see that day. And they knew that when he came back, there would be peace on earth, goodwill towards man. And where does that peace begin? It begins in our hearts. And it was all made possible when Jesus Christ chose to empty himself of his glory and come to this earth to die for me and you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank you for the great gift of Christmas. We thank you for all the Lord Jesus has done for us. And, and Lord, we, we long for your second coming. Lord, we have peace now with you. We have the peace of God living in us through you. And, Lord, we long for the day when you return and there's truly peace on earth, goodwill towards man. Father, if there's anyone here today who doesn't have that peace, who's struggling within with, with their relationship with you. Let today be the day that they truly give their life to you in a real relationship. What a better day to come into a true relationship with you than, than Christmas Day itself, Christmas Eve. We just thank you, Lord, for, for salvation that we have through Christ. It's in his precious name that I pray. Amen.